anything and everything that really tries to simplify the life for PAC administrators. That's really what I wanted to focus on. about PACs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director, and today we're talking about one of the most unique tools out there for PAC professionals. It's been around for some time, and the man behind the innovation and growing feature set, Robert Ahrensberg, joins us live in just a few minutes. But first, you know, I want to say that I loved the show last week, David and Adam. Chaz Nuttycomb is certainly someone I think we need to keep an eye on. Incredible conversation about what's coming down the pike in polling and sort of hyper-localized data and analysis. Really, really cool stuff. I was not doing any podcasts in my dorm room in 1997, so Chaz (laughs) has got us beat. And Michaela, I heard from a number of people outside of our space who were asking questions, looking for an email or a phone number for the young man, including some other podcast hosts whose shows you have been on. So we'll keep an eye out and an ear out for Chaz Nuttycomb, to be sure. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this guy shine. You know, I think we're all going to be watching. And our members, hopefully, uh, I bet the phone will start ringing off the hook here pretty soon. So thanks for holding down the fort, guys. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Well, thanks, Adam. And, you know, I just wanted to tease out a few of our NAP activities before we dig in here. We've talked a little bit about it, but I also wanted to flag for our listeners and members that beginning this year, we are including recaps of all of our events, both webinars and luncheons and just quick high level top three, five takeaways from our Let's Talk session last month and our lunch all found in NAPAC Connect. We'll be sending out links to those in our monthly resource email. But this month, we have our upcoming lunch with the ever popular Carol Laham, who's going to be talking about all things conventions. I know a lot of our members are looking ahead and what are they going to do about the conventions this summer on both sides of the aisle. So she'll be here to sort of set the record straight and all the rules and regulations everybody needs to be thinking about. And then at the end of the month, Lauren Newhouse, our very own Lauren Newhouse, will be talking to us about how to maximize your NAPAC membership. We have lots of resources and tools and events. And so really a quick deep dive on how to engage and make the most of your membership here at NAPAC. Michaela, there's so much going on. We are just one month into the year and already a lot of content, a lot of great stuff for our members to learn about. And the next 11 months sound very exciting. Indeed. Well, joining us now from the home of Taylor Swift's boyfriend's football team is Robert Ahrensberg, founder and president of Coalescent. Robert, welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast. Hey, Michaela, thank you so much. And I appreciate you having me on. And we're pretty excited over here in Chiefs Kingdom. So fourth, I think this is the fourth appearance out of five in the Super Bowl. So we're pretty we're pretty excited. So hope we see a lot of Taylor, (laughs) which means the Chiefs will be doing well and Kelsey will be doing well. So we'll see. I love I just side note, I love all the memes about the wives telling their husbands that Taylor Swift put Kelsey on the map. It's been hilarious. It's been fun to watch. I do know his jersey sales went up about 400%, I think, when they announced that they were getting together. So he's pretty happy uh, financially, certainly, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Robert, you know, you started Coalescent as fundraisingevents.com back in 2000. And I was one of your very first clients. I remember it vividly. And it really was created to help PAC professionals deal with 
all the paperwork and just trying to keep everything organized that comes with keeping track of fundraising events. How did you get the idea to create the software? Well, first of all, thank you for being one of the first clients. That's always the hardest thing to get. So I appreciate that. Um, So at the time I ran a political action committee. And as you know, you're constantly being bombarded with invites. So whether that's email, snail mail at the time, which for those that aren't familiar with that term who are a little bit younger than I am, that's literally getting it in the mailbox. Uh, And also from the lobbyists. And you wouldn't get the same invitation once. You wouldn't get it twice. You wouldn't get it three times. You get it four, five, and six times. And then you had issues with changes, right? So the date change, the time change. So monitoring and tracking all that was really, really difficult. It was exceptionally time consuming. So you just didn't have time to really do what I consider to be things that are much more important, you know, raising money, engaging with your membership. And so I reached out to a firm that developed, um, you know, databases and uh, uh, that's how we created it. And so we, I wanted it to be a tool where I could go and find information about, you know, what, uh, who is the fundraiser for a particular member? Where do I send a check? That's always a big, big issue, right? Um, uh, who's retiring, running for their office. Now we're, you know, we've expanded that. Now we're including information about who doesn't accept employee funded uh, PAC contributions, right? And all those, we, we have our casualty list. So anything and everything that really tries to simplify the life for PAC administrators. That's really what I wanted to focus on. And and we continue to build the product today. So we're really happy with it. And I think our clients are too. So Robert, I have to ask then what's on the horizon? What's next? You've talked about a tool that seems to be a real labor force multiplier for PAC administrators, for PAC directors, right? They These are things that they don't have to do so they can focus on fundraising. So what are the things that are coming down the pike that you're going to add to this? Or what do you think more generally, what are you hearing from your customers, PAC directors, that they do need? Yeah, you know, when we hear things from our clients, we try to be as responsive as we possibly can. You know, I came from, my background really was in retail. My dad owned a grocery store, so the customer was always right, right? And so we've tried to take that philosophy in <clears throat> to coalesce it. And so when our clients have um, suggestions or ideas those are the ones that I really like to, to implement, right? Because I think that if it's going to benefit one client, it's going to benefit all clients. And so I usually take that approach with that. One of the things that we've got coming up is a product that we have that uh, with uh, our partnership with Democracy Engine. And so what that's going to allow our clients to do is to go into Coalescent and be able to contribute to uh, campaigns using their PAC funds, but contribute to campaigns. And the it's, it's the simplicity of it and it's the ease of use. Plus, you don't have to worry about finding ACH information for a campaign, right? A lot of that information currently is transmitted over really insecure channels. So you're not gonna have to worry about that ever again. You don't have to change your bank account, right? You don't, you're not gonna get charged for it. Um, you don't have to worry about positive pay. Once you enter your bank account information, you enter it at once, that's all you have to do. There's a the transaction ID, which is going to follow that contribution from the moment you select it till the moment it's received by the campaign. So you're going to know whose contribution it is and exactly when it arrived. We also notify the fundraisers. So every time I hit contribute, there's an automatic notification that goes out to the fundraiser and says, hey, 
this is what we've just sent. It's um, this amount and it gives you the, you know, primary general dollar amount, so on and so forth. And when this contribution is sent from Democracy Engine directly to the campaign, there's another notification that goes out. One of the things that we, um, in our conversations with people in the PAC community was that kind of lacking of the the um, interaction between, you know, with the fundraiser, right? Right now it's very manual in that if I sent that check, I've got to, you know, send a, uh, an email separately to the fundraiser. So we really add that additional element to it. And we think it's going to be a great, a great product. So we've done a soft launch. And so we're just getting out in the marketplace, but we're really excited about it and where it's going to go. Robert, I think it's fantastic that you draw this line from 2000 all the way to 2024 and things have developed and changed so much. And what you're talking about in this new offering is evidence of that. Another piece of evidence besides the existence of the number one pack podcast in America is the idea that we talk in a much more nuanced and accurate way about what we do and who we are, specifically employee funded and business trade association PACs. Broad brush saying corporate PACs might be the way we used to do things, but it certainly does not tell the story of where those small dollar donations are coming from and what they are about. You know, one of the things that I think is important is that when you're kind of in a battle, and I look at this as a battle, right? Uh, we want to communicate to campaigns about the benefit and the value of monies that are coming from employee funded PACs. So one of the things we don't want to do is use the terms that they've created to identify the PACs that we want to uh, talk about. And so I think that's really first and foremost is that we get we get the 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 wording correctly with because with what these actually are these are not corporations that are turning around and writing a corporate check which is i think one of the problems i think a lot of people do believe that and so using the correct terms is very very important and so i think it was at the most recent NABPAC conference that michaela had put on in dc by the way it was phenomenal i mean the turnout was incredible and i just have to kind of say right here you've done a, a remarkable job with growing NABPAC. so congratulations to you and your team for doing that and so as we were talking about that i, I felt it was also important that that we kind of that we start communicating in the same vein that you guys are and that that communication, you know, we have a lot of communication with the fundraising community. So what better way for us to help uh, communicate what we think is the correct uh, vernacular by reaching out to fundraisers and describing what exactly these are and making sure that they understand what the difference is between an employee funded PAC and an employee funded trade is and in labor and so on and so forth. And we just no longer use the term corporate on our webpage and or in any communications with the fundraiser. So we'll, we'll see. We hope that it's an education process for them. Well, Robert, I just want to thank you and just, I mean, I appreciate um, your comments about the conference, but I do think this is such a wonderful way uh, you know, we keep talking about this echo chamber that we're trying to create in DC and outside of the Beltway. We engage millions of employees uh, that choose to participate in the political process uh, through their employee funded PACs. And what a great way to showcase that you don't just have to be a PAC to use this vernacular and that, you know, you are a, a tremendous business partner for us. I uh, appreciate that you have stepped up and are taking the lead in this way. It's, I think it's going to be really helpful. And, and I do think it's changing 
the needle uh, as we talk about things um, in Washington. We've seen it through some of the media reporting, not everywhere, but we have seen some reporters changing the vernacular. And even in some of our conversations on the Hill, uh, there's a, a great recognition that even on both sides of the aisle, that these are employee dollars. Robert, I'm immediately thinking of something that David Schild talks about a lot on this podcast, which is the education mission. It sounds like in your business, there's a lot of turnover and we have new people coming to the business. David, you know a lot about this. So part of the education is training people how to do it and tools like this are important to help people who are new. Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, Robert has probably seen like a lot of us who have been doing this for a while, the turnover. And now that we're in the second or third generation of professionals who are doing this kind of work and much as much in the way that, you know, my kids are like, what's a Walkman? Uh, they're like, what is a pack administration without software, without an integrated software platform? I don't know what Excel spreadsheets are used for. I don't know why I would go on FEC file. I have this tool right on my desktop. I mean, Robert, you have to encounter this, right? People who are kind of spoiled in a way. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. And um, I always, when I, whenever I start a, a demonstration of my product, I always say, well, tell me how you're going through the process today. How do you find the events? How do you evaluate what events you're going to go to? And it, and it strikes me um, every time someone says, well, I collect them, I type them into a Word document or I type them into, you know, a, a CSV document and uh, print them out for the lobby team. And then if there's a change, I have to modify that. And so what I do is I, you know, I take a, a couple of clicks of the mouse and I show them, you know, how easy it is in our system to be able to just download what we have uh, with a couple of clicks. And and they, they immediately are just kind of taken aback. And so it's gotten better in so far as I think the community is relatively small. And so one of the things I know, uh, I'll give a shout out to Elliot, um, you know, Pack Pals has done, I think, a really, really good job of communicating uh, what we do. I know Michaela and, and Mabpack, those opportunities for us to be able to talk about what we do uh, is, is very helpful. But it is it is a continual process with with the clients as we especially as we kind of start adding some new functionality. You know, it's the where can I find this? And that's all part of the process. And I really enjoy it. I mean, one of the things that I'm really proud of or that that we certainly do focus on is that customer service element and always giving the clients what they want. And so I think that's that's why we've done, you know, pretty well of uh, keeping clients around and continuing to grow. So we're really appreciative of uh, our clients who really make the product better in the long run. Coalescent is not your father's Oldsmobile or your Y2K era tool. It is something much better. And it's something that's really grown. And I think that for our audience to just recognize necessity is the mother of invention. Everybody who's running a small business in a pack is an innovator. And that using the tools and listening to the wins that other people have helped to pave the way forward for all of us. Uh, Adam, timely reference there, as always, going back a quarter of a century. It's really just amazing to think that now you have these kind of tools on your desktop. And, you know, I, I used the word force multiplier earlier because I really just think one of the constant challenges on pack professionals is how can I do all of these things? I'm running a small business without additional staff, without a team of people. There should be a finance director. There should be a membership director. There should be a meeting and events director. Well, guess what? That's all under the umbrella of you as pack director, pack manager, whatever your title might be. So having software like this on your desktop, it's kind of a game changer. I would imagine that once you use it, Robert, people people don't just sort of 
move from job to job, but they look at that job and they're like, am I going to have Robert's software platform where I'm going? Because I've kind of gotten used to it. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those that's, uh, I, I encourage people that currently use the product with a particular association and or company, I encourage them to find employment elsewhere so that they can bring it to the new, <laughs> you know, the new, the new company as well. But, um, you know, that's, it, it really has become, you know, a very sticky product, right? And once they, once they start using, it's very difficult to, to move away from that. And I think they see the significant time savings that, that they get out of it. And uh, it, it's, it's very difficult to move on from that. So, you know, we'll continue to keep improving it to the best we can and are looking forward to another, you know, 20 years. I don't know that I'll be running it, but we'll be looking forward to that. Robert, you must see a lot of trends also, especially over these last 24 years, but you touched on the no corporate PAC pledge. And I just wanted to get a sense from you if you're seeing any, and we track that as well over here at NAPAC. We get asked a lot about that list. Are you seeing any trends in either direction, either more people taking it? I mean, I have my thoughts on it, but just from your lens, what are you seeing as it relates to that? I think what we're seeing is the rise of exceptions. So for example, I'm yes for all types of PAC money, but I won't take it from this industry, that industry, or these types of companies, right? And so we've done what we can to try to capture that information as well, because it is valuable to the clients. So I think if anything, Michaela, that's really been kind of that trend line is the rise in exceptions to the funds that they will take. Um, I think that uh, over the course of the last couple of years, we've seen more Republicans join that list. Some of the reasons weren't the same as what I think others do, but we do find that the exceptions is really where we're finding more and more people are talking about those as opposed to just to a solid yes, right? They do have those exceptions. That's probably the biggest trend change. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're hearing, too. And it does seem like the push probably two election cycles ago to sort of just this full ban on corporate PACs is not as prevalent. I mean, we still have some, but it doesn't feel like it's it's the lead anymore. Agreed. Well, this has been a great conversation, Robert. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights with us today. Hey, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, go Chiefs, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I'm definitely going to be rooting for them. And thanks to everyone listening. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week for another episode of the Facts About Packs. Facts about Packs.